What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for checking it out. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, give the podcast the five stars. You say a few nice words and then you, uh, you click subscribe and then you know when the new episode hits the feed every Friday. And uh, by doing all that, you will be uh, making a direct contribution to the, the sustainability of this show. And, and ultimately what it does is shoots it up into the tops of those iTunes charts and it helps strangers find the podcast and uh, just gives it more visibility on the national and international level. So uh, thank you to everybody that's taking that next step in committing to the support of this thing. And uh, if you have a few extra minutes, appreciate your time to do it. And uh, can't stress the importance of it enough. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel. And uh, that there has a bunch of in-studio and live show performances from all different genres of music. Some sessions we did back at a place called Mountaineer Studios in the Brooklyn neighborhood for a couple years. bunch of... Uh, videos from those studio sessions as well as some live shows so check those out there dan cable presents youtube channel and uh click subscribe and then you'll know when the new videos hit the feed as well and dan cable presents.com that's the central location to find it all and you can find me at dan cable presents on instagram that is uh where i'm most active trying to share local shows and events going on as well as uh the new episodes and 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 things of that nature as well as uh sharing things about my dumb life on my uh my my story there so uh you can get all that there at dan Kill presents i'll put all the links in the episode notes so you can follow uh not only me but my guest of this podcast sir nye really excited to get into this episode this is a great chat Episode 167, it's coming at you. Um, I do want to tell you about a couple calendar dates before we get into things. And uh, one of those dates is June 22nd. I know uh, Sir Knight, he has a, a beat set that day. And uh, so if you want to follow him up, uh, he will have the details on there. And then also, I am doing a DJ set that day as well. 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. at Growler's Tap Room patio sesh. Happy hour going on. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be pretty cool. And they have some uh they have some cool food trucks out there at Growler's Tap Room. It's it's kid friendly till 8 p.m. there. So you can bring the kids over there. And uh I'm gonna be uh spinning a bunch of uh spinning a bunch of jams. Actually I'm not gonna be spinning them, but I'm gonna be uh I'm going to be spinning some digital jams, okay? And I'm going to be playing a bunch of local music. 
as well as uh, some classics, some deep cuts, and uh, just some of my, my personal favorite contemporary stuff, some older stuff. It's, uh, it's going to be a mix. Some soul, some R&B, some hip-hop, some rap, some indie mu- music, uh, some electronic. I'm, uh, I'm stoked to throw it down. It's uh, me doing two hours, and the uh, first time I did this was was just an hour. It's also going to be the uh, the debut as uh, Ernie Moose Johnson, so I'm stoked to bring out the moose. The moose is loose. It's coming to Growler's Tap Room. It's June 22nd, this Saturday, if you're listening on release day. Uh, so that's going to be really dope. And then also June 29th, there's a show at the library King Kismet, Cloud Lines, and Trajectory. That's going to be a really cool show going on there. And I will keep you posted on more library dates at Growler's Tap Room. All that jazz on the uh, the social medias and uh, further episodes. So that is all that. I don't. Um, I think that's that's all the ramblings before we get into this episode of the podcast with Sir Nye. This is the first time I've gotten to uh, actually meet this fella in person, and uh, I would say we hit it off pretty quickly, and had such a fun hang, and I'm really excited to share this conversation because I just feel like it had a lot of of positive energy, and it was very upbeat, uh, and I just really appreciated it, and I get the... I get the feeling that this is the type of dude when you're hanging around him, uh, it's, it's hard to, uh, not feel his, uh, infectious nature of, of warmth. Like he just seems like a teddy bear of a dude and, uh, just, just super kind. And, uh, yeah, just really enjoyed getting to know him and, and hear, uh, how he is, uh, come up as a musician and and different uh learning different instruments and and whatnot and just the the different influences and and how he was exposed to different music just all very cool stuff and uh i just i just needed a cool conversation this uh this particular day i was uh i don't know it was just one of those days I was having one of those days where I was it was just a, a hectic one and uh this this conversation certainly uh turned it around and I I just I kind of had a good feeling about it just going into this thing I I knew for some reason that we were going to have a cool chat and um I always try to to do my research and and make some notes for some for some things especially during a a first encounter to just have some things to uh to guide the conversation and and I didn't really use them at all for this it it unfolded very naturally and um just appreciated the hell out of this conversation and and the way it uh went down so uh we've got you know some some instrumental hip hop coming at you. Sir Nye is a is a producer. He's a DJ, and um, I'm gonna share some some tracks off of. There's there's a couple that are gonna come off of the uh, the pastime EP, and uh, and then we're gonna play it out with uh, a newer single. 
which is going to come off this project called 64, which is uh, a discussion we get into about different characters and uh, and things that uh, that Sir uses for for inspiration for creating his music. And uh, but we should we should just get into this thing. Uh, I hope you. I hope y'all enjoy this conversation as as much as I did because, like I said, this thing filled me up and and I walked away with a a big smile on my face and and when when the people are kind, when you find out the people that are making the the art that you dig and respect, and you find out they're a cool person. And just very kind. It it makes it all the better. So, uh, shout out to Sir Nye for coming on the podcast. We're jumping into it. Episode 167. I will put all the links in the episode notes so you can uh, you can follow Sir if you dig what you hear. We are kicking it off with a track off of that part time EP. You can find all kinds of music of his on the streaming platforms. This song is called The Last Dream. Let's do it.
Sir Nye. <laughs> Stoked to sit down and uh, chat it up with you, man. Um, was you know we were just we were just talking about Max Max ninety one. He's kind of our uh, our bridge here of how we how we connected, I believe. Yeah, and um, also doing some DJing for for Matt Randall, who's oh, a, yep. a friend of the podcast and a dude <laughs> that I uh, I enjoy his music quite a bit and just a super super good dude mm -hmm. um but yeah man um i've been i've been checking out all your tunes all everything you. that's you know available on the streaming services you've got uh i feel like for a new listener you got quite a bit to, <laughs> to check out you know yeah. some of the projects are a little bit shorter but there's there's quite a bit to dive into so i've been just kind of doing my best to get get uh you know educated about about what what you do as a uh as a producer and whatnot thank you but man. um yeah man let, let's start outside of the music mm -hmm. where, where do you come from i am born and raised here in northeast oh my. portland a, uh, yeah a born and raised portlander yeah uh i grew up uh i would say in like the alberta area okay um yeah but i kind of moved around uh like a whole lot uh, all throughout like my school so like I would live in northeast like and then I would go like further out and back further out and back so like for instance I've lived in the north one year moved right back in and it's all due to gentrification For sure. so like yeah I've lived I want to say so many places I've lived maybe 16 17 places in my whole life here so I want to say I've lived from 8th and Alberta all the way out to like a hundred and like 92nd yeah. So you know this city. Yes. And uh, what's it been like for you to to see Portland change the way it has over the last five to ten years? Oh my gosh! It's like it's exciting and frightening. You know, it's yeah. like I've I didn't expect it to be what it is now. Like um, I joined the army right after high school and I came back uh, right around 2013, and like just seeing like just the growth how many people we have coming here, like the things to do, the activity just kind of in general, like the uptake and like, you know, art, like all of that, that's just beautiful. But it's also like, where does it go from here? You know, and like, yeah. nobody really knows, I think, but it, but I think we just have to remain positive and just kind of hope that it, it goes the right direction. Yeah, you know? man, I mean, how do you maintain the growth right. of a city that's just obviously caught on and and has uh created a reputation for itself as, right. as a very cool artsy food centric <laughs> city like oh, man. i mean it's a great place right to, to be and there's there's a there is like tons of things to do the best food everywhere you know what i was thinking about that you now that you asked me that question i was thinking about just kind of like hip-hop in general you know what i mean like how, how far it's come from when i got back here and where it is now because like that growth has been like exponential, you know, and like the way the city's treated it. We have a hip hop day, which is crazy, right, like right. a crazy thing to at think like, about. It's at City Hall, yeah, like, and, yeah, in front of people. Yeah. And like I've, you know, it's crazy because like growing up here, you know, for the majority, I've always like seen like alternative rock bands, and like hip hop was never on the forefront, right? And like today, I just saw like the Willamette Week uh, with all like five Portland artists on there, and I was like, that's. That's amazing. Like, look where we're at now, you know? Right, right, right. So, like, I just, I love the growth, and I want that to continue. Um, What was, uh, where, did you go to shows as a kid? Like, the 
Oh, like, ahead. were there any <laughs> shows that you knew well, of to go to? Like, what was is, your exposure to music as a kid? Oh, man. As a kid, like, it's funny. My dad, uh, my dad was, you know, a well famous rapper here. He was in the U Crew. Um, and at the time, like, I was like, what? There's a rap group here? Like, growing up, like, hearing that from him, I'm like, you weren't doing anything. <laughs> I was like, that's impossible. But then, like, as I saw it and as I grew up and, like, did my research on the internet and, like, would Google my dad, I'd be like, wow, he actually mattered a lot to people. Like, his his group really meant a lot. But, like, I didn't know about, of any shows. I knew of, like, you know, local, you know, I'd see posters and stuff. And like I would just be like, oh, I, I wasn't interested because no one I knew was going to those sorts of things. But when I came back uh, out of the army, um, my friend Bryce uh, Mays, the Renaissance Coalition, they had shows, and I would go to them, and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, why don't more people know about this sort of thing? And then I'm like, why aren't why aren't venues opening up to them? And then like I've come to realize that like venues, well, I don't want to say this, but like some of them were afraid of hip hop. You know, like the way they treat it, I was like, wow, that's that makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah. And yeah. I think I think the venues or maybe scared of some of the uh the attention some of those hip hop shows seem to be getting. And, right. And like I've heard about you know, I wasn't at I wasn't at those early shows, mm -hmm. but I remember even when I first moved here like six years ago. Right. Like people were talking about, yeah, like a hip hop show always gets broken up yeah. here because they would like patrol it more yeah. and they would know about oh. it and it was just and it was just like oh corrupt as fuck as far as like keeping things right you know it's shut down or or like maybe not like i don't know i don't know if this is true but i i heard that certain venues in the city would lower the capacity for yeah. a hip-hop show and you would be like well i thought this was sold out why are mm. we why why is this room f only three quarters full right uh, the, here's one. Here's 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 how I can relate to that. A lot of hip hop shows that I knew about were at house parties, right? And then you know, like you'd show up to those, and those would be booming. But the thing is, too booming, you knew the cops would come, you knew the neighbors would get called, you knew you knew when you were it was time to leave. You knew you would only be there for like an hour and a half before that shit was shut down. And like venues, you knew like typically it was maybe you're only maybe going to see like one act that was maybe fifteen to twenty minutes, and you're like, okay. This is all this is. You know, everybody shows up, time to go. Yeah. You know, and like, but now seeing it grow, seeing it like expand is, it's a beautiful thing. Cause like now, like that, like people want to see hip hop. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing. People are demanding it. Now, and now the venues are like seeing the value in, in it for the community, hopefully. Right. And they also know that, like you said, there, there's a demand for it. So mm -hmm. that means that, that people are going to show up to these shows too. Right. And they're going to, they're going to pack these venues out. So it has been fun to see, like, even, I don't know, are you familiar with the the Sunday sessions that go on at Ron Tom's? I've heard of them, yeah. So, so every Sunday, Ron Tom's has, uh, a f has free music there. And during the summer, it's awesome because it's outside on their, their outdoor stage, which is killer. And, right. and it's it's dope the rest of the year, too. It's it's mm -hmm. indoor. But every Sunday, they have a free, a free show. And, uh, yeah, I feel like over the last few years they've been like really going right. heavy to make sure that like some hip-hop has been involved in there and then all of a sudden like you're having really dope bills with mike capes and right. rasheed jamal you Shout know co-headlining co <laughs> up there you know and, yeah. and so yeah it's been it's been cool to see man the growth of it all i think that's the benefit 
of a bunch of people coming mm-hmm. to a city is that we're gonna like them if the artists are attracted here the the bar for music is, is just gonna keep getting raised right. and, and keep furthering it it's just mm-hmm. uh you know I guess it's just having respect for the the folks that were already here. Oh yeah, before uh, before you you move into it, I guess you right. know, and and that's something that I've even had to to learn to do. You know, I'm not yeah. I'm not from here, but trying to insert myself in a way that's not like <laughs> invasive to the oh, scene no, and I hopefully like help it along right. in some way or contribute to it right. in a positive way. Yeah, I I definitely feel that. Um, that's a that's a big thing. I think with Portland's art community and music community in general, um, I think that a lot of things that I'm seeing artists want to do is contribute to it in a very positive manner. And I remember um, I want to shout uh, these women out, the Deep Underground women who work yeah. for them. Yeah, Doug. that Doug was Doug was where I saw a lot of great shows, where I met a lot of great artists. Mia. Yes, Mia O'Connor. Oh, yeah. Shout, Shout out, out me. Mia. I love you. Yeah, she's um, she's awesome. They gave me my first beat set ever. And like that was amazing. But what they wanted to do was like really reach and create a community. And what was what I kind of felt spoiled by was that I knew I could go to them to see a show. I knew I could go to them to interact with artists. I wasn't like looking for hip hop. You know what I mean? Because I knew where it was. Right. And in that, like you had the thesis too with verbs. Yeah. And uh Max Smith, like that, that was beautiful. Like you go there, you knew Thursdays were gonna pop. You knew how you had something to look forward to. And then more events kept coming. Yeah, Mike Check is here now. Right. And like Mike that's Check. the last Thursday oh, of every month at White yeah. Eagle, I believe, is yep. the the deal with that. And yeah, just more yeah. regular residencies and stuff. Right. But yeah, that that was my my early exposure was also going to some of those Doug shows over mm-hmm. like the discotheque. Yes. <laughs> I was just oh. like, oh, what is this place? That was the first time I ever saw like uh, Mike Fontaine. Yep, yep. You know? And oh man, I gotta shout them out. Um, a beat happening, um, because they put on for producers. You know, uh, jo- shout out Jonah and Derek uh, Assembla and Love Jones. They have took it upon themselves to like go out and find producers and just bring them in, whether they've done a show before or not. They have you go to Future Shock Records. Yeah, over Future here. Shock's rad. Yeah, I like and, that spot. Uh, you go in and you do a beat set. And for 25, 20, uh, 30 minutes. And like, it's just super, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, super intimate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I have a show with them on Saturday. This coming Saturday? Yep. Okay. Fut- uh, forward frequencies. It's going to be dope. Is that like an all day thing? Yeah. Right it's, on. It's from, well, it's two days, uh, five to 11, both Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be dope. And like, those dudes have come so far. They've, they've really like, Man, they've built it up. They've like they continue to reach out and find new people. That's what's so dope too. Yeah, man. That's it's fun to see when you when you are kind of uh hanging around a a music community and in, in one place and and to see people's growth right. is is very exciting. Yeah. You know, and to see people get better and oh, yeah. see um just them changing their, their approaches or right. I don't know. That's that's been one of the joys of kind of doing this podcast mm-hmm. is that now I'm kind of starting to have um, repeat guests sometimes. Yeah. You know, like I've had Matt on a couple times, oh, and, and it's always fun to like catch up with him. <laughs> and I'm sure like I'll bring him on soon again because that dude just like is dropping projects all the time oh, and man, whatnot. He but, sure is. <laughs> um, but but also just like getting to see these bands 
when they maybe first came in three years ago mm-hmm. to like what they're doing now in their shows right. it, it's it's just it's it's rad to to see that like happen yeah mm-hmm. uh to add to that like you know what i think is funny i think i'm kind of spoiled in a sense too is that like when i started making beats um like i had people who wanted to see me grow they weren't just like content with like oh no no you made a beat that's great you know let's let's uh let's just celebrate that they're like nah man this this stuff is weak <laughs> you got to get better and i had people who wanted to see me get better i had people who like pushed that like oh do you know about this oh do you know about that and i think that's also another great thing about the portland music community is that we do want to see each other develop and grow in certain ways and like i think that gets celebrated a lot yeah. And like when you see it, you're like, oh, I knew where this person was and how far they are now. And like your your community grows with you. Absolutely. And that's it's amazing. And it just inspires everybody because, right. you know, you come out with a new beat and mm-hmm. and then the dude next to you wants to, you know, make something even better. Right. Or like, yeah. you know, it's just a continuous like raising the bar mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just inspiring each other to to be better. Yeah. And it is nice when you have people that aren't just there to be like, yeah, that's that's really good, man. Just keep doing that. You <laughs> right. Know? Because there is a lot of people that are going to tell you that, especially mm-hmm. people coming to shows oh, are mostly sure. going to be like, yo, man, great set, great set. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, you get a lot of that. But yeah. You get some other people maybe that are like, "Hey, that was that was a good set, but mm-hmm. um, you could do this maybe." I right. think you know. And like, I gotta shout out my best friend Bryce. Like, he's the person who got me into making beats. And what's funny, like, because the thing is, um, I didn't really want to make beats at first, or at least share them, because like I was nervous. Because it's like I feel like when everybody starts. You know, you get to this certain point where it's like, it's a hobby. It's, you know, it's also a dream of mine. But you want to keep it to yourself. And Bryce was like, you know, you could really do this if you really wanted to. And I was like, for sure. He's like, but if you want to do this, you have to take it seriously. And you have to know that, like, whatever you make, you, you have to continue to want to try to get better at it. Yeah. And, like, I would make something and I'd show it to Bryce and I'd, Bryce would be like, man, this ain't it. And I'd be, like, in my feelings about it for a little bit. And I was like, damn. Like, yeah, man. This beat was hard. Why don't he like it? <laughs> and then I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to come up with something better and I'm going to show him. He's like, all right, this is pretty cool. And I was like, yes. Yeah, man. Yes. But then it became, you know, like, it's not about, like, his approval. It's more about do you feel comfortable with it? You know, do you feel comfortable with what you make? As long as you like what you make and you're willing to stand behind it, and grow with it then you know that's what matters yeah <laughs> well and i think it's also part of your part of your own writing process yeah. is you know once once you do make something that you do know that you can like stand behind you right like, oh this is it mm-hmm. the next thing also has to be like to that level you know or right. or like everything starts to fall short right so like exactly. you're, you're constantly like raising the bar for yourself right. almost sometimes yeah no I, I feel that entirely because like especially here in portland i've noticed that like basically what a lot of artists like want you to do is be yourself like first and foremost and like the people can tell like when you're like you know faking it or you're not like you know authentic and i think Portland listeners, not even like musicians, but listeners of the music, like, well, no, they're like, oh, nah, this ain't it. This doesn't even feel right. And they'll call you out on it. And like, I feel like that's like the tightest, kind of coolest thing about music here is that like people can come here. I tell people all the time, at least from like LA that I've met here, like Portland's a great place to develop because you'll find who you are, find out who you are and you'll grow from there. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of opportunities to perform and, yeah. and share your art in like pretty comfortable spaces right. where people will actually, 
take the time to listen right. and whatnot. So, um, so so take me back to like mm-hmm. you 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 find out your dad is <laughs> is relevant in the scene at, right. at some point here. But like, yeah. when do you start taking to music and, oh, and okay. start like kind of really diving in yourself where you're you know growing a a music collection of right. your, your own and whatnot oh okay i got you so my musical influences are like kind of my family you know my mom really liked new jack swing okay um like r&b heavy and my dad really liked funk parliament like you know uh earth wind and fire he oh, really yeah. loved like classic stuff but as far as hip-hop goes i didn't really get into that until like like maybe 10, 11. And like the thing is, like my mom wouldn't let me really listen to it, mainly because like we only really played stuff off the radio and off like when we were driving to school and when we were coming back. And like I remember she would always play like Aaliyah and Timberland. And like Timberland, I love, dude. I love Timberland. Timberland and, and so like exactly Ooh. like, oh. and so I, I became like a big like Missy Elliott fan. I became like just kind of really big into beats. Um, kind of like when I caught into like my teenage years because we had like access to the internet and we had like a desktop computer. So I would just start searching stuff. Um, I really kind of fell in love with uh, um, Pharrell. And like what's funny is as I started getting older, pe- different people were starting, to take, were starting to take me to school. Like my aunt, she really liked 80s music. She really liked, you know, Cindy Lauper. She liked Madonna. She liked um, that big like synth pop, yes, like, Holland Oates. She liked, yeah. she liked, she liked, she uh, liked, um, Prince. Like, oh my god, Holland Oates is the jam <laughs> for real. Uh, she liked, uh, man, she liked a bunch of different stuff. And then, like, as I started getting older, like more high school, middle school, my uncle would start taking me to school, and he liked rap. Like he, he rapped. He like. He liked all of that stuff. He got me into Wu Tang. He got me into a tribe called Quest. He got me into De La Soul. He got me into like already everything all the classics, current. right? Too. And yeah, and right. then my friend Bryce and me, we would just start researching. We would start like you know internet era, like just going on MySpace and like looking up songs. We would like find like I remember when the Carter Three dropped. Uh, we found like the four versions of a Millie. <laughs> we would like, you know, we would just go and search up mixtape as, as much as we could. And then it became, for me, music just kind of like a collecting thing, you know, just kind of collecting what you liked yeah. at the time. No, I, di- I dig that, man. Just that you had different people taking you to school, exposing <laughs> you to different things because um, I've always kind of felt like the only reason I've known about cool or different music throughout my years is because i've had so many like friends that were listening to cool music and they were all into like much different stuff right so like i had my my buddy trent put me on to like timberland and magoo like that's that's high school for us you know so like yeah yeah. so i was (laughs) turned on to all that stuff by by him and then you know, just just different people all the time, just turning turning me on to yeah. different things. You know, and it's funny because like, like I'll give you an instance. The first time I heard Shaka Khan and like Sade was like I'd be like, because my dad, what he'd do whenever we had to clean the house, he'd put on Music Choice, and like we'd be cleaning the house, and like a song would come on, and like because it come on so much because of the repetition, I would just start singing it, and my dad would be like, "What do you know about Shaka Khan or Sade?" <laughs> I'm like. Dad, like I don't know anything about. I know it keeps coming on this TV channel. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) and like that's how like we would we would uh, we would listen and or like 
my dad would know a song that we definitely have never heard because it came out before we were born and just put it on and like bet you don't know anything about this and just play it and like it would become my favorite like my favorite song by parliament is knee deep like i play that song like all the time like me and bryce just like we'll put it on to start dancing to it for no reason <laughs> i love that song um but like when i started getting into music um was really in elementary school uh I started taking this uh, this drum class at Irvington that was free, and my mom put me in it. Like, not really to put me in it, but so that she'd have, like, you know, I'd, I'd have an after-school activity so that when she got off work, she could come get me. And I loved it. And I was like, this is this is amazing. And um, after that, I was like, oh, I know. I know I want to do music. Uh, go into uh, middle school. The thing is, I couldn't do percussion because I guess all, like, my teacher just didn't want me to. I don't remember the reason why I didn't drum, but like he was like, oh, here, pick a woodwind instrument. And I was like, a woodwind? I'm like, okay, like you could pick sax, and that was all I knew. And so I wanted to like flex what else I knew. Uh, the teacher was like, yeah, pick like the flute or something. I'm like, I'm gonna pick the clarinet. I just picked it. And I was so upset with myself because I didn't know what a clarinet was. I just picked it because he was like, pick something. And I, I ended up playing the clarinet. Um, through <laughs> middle school up until my freshman year. And I, oh, okay. I, one thing I didn't like, though, was that, like, you didn't really get to pick the music you played, of right. course, in band. Right. Like, the thing about middle school, though, was our band was awesome because we got to, like, our teacher would go and find, like, sheet music to, like, movies. Like, we played Pirates of the Caribbean. We nice. played, like, Harry Potter stuff. Like so stuff that was actually engaging right. for you guys that exactly. you were like stoked to actually play and whatnot. Right. And like the thing about that is like he taught me like learning could, well, of course, learning could be fun. But right. like with music, like we would know those songs already. Like, oh, make sure that you play this note right because it sounds like this. Something we were already familiar with. And But like in high school, it was all marching and just not fun. And I was like, this isn't it. And so I just kind of stopped and like kept the music theory part of it, you know. So when did you actually start? composing beats okay so <laughs> i gotta give credit to bryce here so i started uh making beats in 2011 on an hp laptop that my dad bought me for skyping him this is uh family. post army oh, in or army. during this is during okay. army. all right and like uh he bryce like uploaded fruity loops uh fl Hell to yeah. my uh fruity loops dude <laughs> uploaded it to my computer and like because um, after my training and whatnot, I got stationed in Fort Carson, Colorado by myself with like none of my friends to come with me. I was like in a whole new unit just kind of by myself. I had, didn't really know what to do there. So what I would start doing is just start making beats. You know, as soon as I got home off uh, from duty, I would just start composing and like entering stuff in. And like I didn't have a, a beat pad or anything. So I'd use the piano roll and I knew I knew how to read music. I knew notes, so I'd just go in and click. But like not having a beat pad kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so my beats were like really melodic. You know, I like it's still to this day, I consider my beats really melodic, but not very drum heavy. You know, so that's that's how it started. Which is funny because it's uh, that you wanted to play drums when, exactly. you were, when you were younger. Yeah, I blame my education. <laughs> um, <laughs> for people that don't know what, what Fruity Loops is, what what would you say? Uh, that that is so fruity loops is a digital 
auditory workstation, a DAW. It's a program that you can go in and pretty much create music. It's it has uh, you can put samples in, you can put in uh, keys, notes. It all has like digital instruments on there that people use to create music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started. I I got familiar with that. Like 2004 was my freshman year of high school, mm-hmm. or freshman year of college rather. Yeah. And I would uh, hanging around in the dorms. There would be some. There was a couple dudes messing around with Fruity Loops. <laughs> and they're just like, "What? What is this?" And just watching them build beats and whatnot. Yeah, and I would be so jealous of Bryce because Bryce is a great like Bryce is a great producer, but he can sample like nobody's business, and I can't sample. I never. Well, I I can sample now, but I was never a good sampler. And uh, he would just come in and he'd find like a song that like maybe everybody kind of knew, and he would go in and make a completely different song. You'd be like, "Where's that sample at?" And like you, it was unrecognizable. It was beautiful. And I'd go in and try, and I like have to like you know get the sample to line up right. I'm like, "This is taking too long. This is not for me." And I think that kind of uh, etched me to start making beats from scratch. You know? Yeah. But uh, I ended up getting FL10. And like, what's funny is at the time I didn't know how like. DOS worked. I didn't know they needed to be like updated. I just kept FL10 for like five years and like just used <laughs> that. You just got this one version of Pretty Loops for five years. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. And then when you got like, so like when you were doing that stuff in the army, was that that was your your hideaway then? Since yeah. you didn't have like a whole lot of like homies around you right. while you were in that that area of Colorado. Right. It was it was more so like I kind of I would make like beats and like I'll just if, as soon as I came home I'd show them to Bryce or I'd email them to him like what do you think about this one? Of course he'd be like this is whack or this, this is, is good. terrible. Right. And I just kind of like kept it like as a thing I would do for myself. You know yeah. I just kind of got invested in and started to learn more. I taught myself uh, the piano uh, while I was there. I taught myself the guitar. You know, man. just like hobbies, because I just didn't have anything to like do or hang out with. So That's so just, killer, though, man. I was gonna ask you, like, listening to you know the productions. I was gonna ask you, like, how many different instruments you could play, because I was assuming, like, listening to some of those jams, um, especially like on on the fifty eight. Oh yeah. Uh, that you know that was you you know playing the piano and mm-hmm. whatnot on or the, the keys on on some of those, yeah. those songs and whatnot. So that's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's. That's amazing that you have all these different tools to Thank work you. with, like <laughs> for your productions. I would imagine it's just mm-hmm. amazing that you can actually you can so you can play guitar. Yeah. How many? So how many different instruments can okay, you play, man? So <laughs> I could play. Okay, I would say I'm like across the board, like maybe average at all of them. Yeah. Um, I can play the drums. I can play the saxophone. I can play the clarinet, the piano. Uh, I said guitar. I'm learning the bass right now. I'm learning bass guitar right now. Um, how am I forgetting anything? But that's killer, yeah. dude. <laughs> and and like obviously, you know, you said you're you're average at them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that that's being a little humble. But you can use them all. Let, let's say you can use them all as a writing tool, though. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for instance, uh, I learned um, as soon as I got back from the army, uh, I knew how to compose and write music. I uh, started taking music theory classes and at PCC, and they were super helpful because, like, that's how I would go about, like, creativity. I would start writing notes in on a sheet paper and just, you know, like, knowing, oh, I wrote this song. I could give it to somebody because my dad was like, you can produce, but, you know, if you gave this music to somebody, I remember him saying this to me, if you gave this music to somebody, would a band be able to play it? Would other people, can you translate your music to other people? 
And that just kind of got me to thinking like about like music as a communication as how it sounds to this. And like, I don't know, I've always been like big on composing. So Yeah, man. I think I think that's pretty apparent in in your songs and, and whatnot. Yeah. And I mean I don't know. Even listening to a song like Crown. Oh man, thank you. I feel like that when I listened to that song, it was pretty clear to me that you, that you are very influenced from by a very wide variety oh, right. of different types of music. You Thank know, you. And like, and that's obviously like obviously true from what you, you've told me. You <laughs> yeah. know, and like being in those those different rides to school and, yeah. and uh, just being exposed to a lot of different stuff. Um, for as far as my influences go, I love movies. I love I love stories in general, and I've always been. I don't want to call myself a cinematic person, but like I love I love how stories are told and I love like looking up music to screen or to uh, to movies, like scores and whatnot. And I've always been a fan of like uh how, like just the thought process behind like putting music to, you know, to visual uh media. And that's that's always been a beautiful thing for me. So like whenever I make a beat, I try to envision what it would look like. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And uh, I'm I draw too. So like some for me, like my like creating process is sometimes like I'll make a cover art to a song, like uh, Crown. I ended up drawing that fish before I end up making the, you know, the project. And like what's crazy is like that. I don't know. It kind of all kind of corresponds or connects. Yeah, like feeds and lends yeah. itself to one another. Man, that shit always blows me away with. An artist like yourself, just I've always had like no, no uh, visual artist abilities. Like just, just not good with a pen or a pencil. You know, <laughs> just like I like to doodle or whatever. But I think that that always just kind of blows me away when when you can kind of jump into so many different aspects of of the creative worlds and and inspire yourself by like, oh, I'm gonna write. I'm I'm going to. Uh, you know, draw this picture, this cover art, mm -hmm. and hopefully, you know, maybe that's going to inspire how I make this song or like right. that. That's uh, that's very cool, man. Uh, to give you more, even more in depth with that, like for instance, the Fifty Eight tape is based off of a character that I've created to be in my music, named Fifty Eight. Um, it's funny he, well, the character started off as this doodle that I would just draw, like the face being you know, two lines, a scar, a nose, and a mouth. And I would just draw that over and over again. And I ended up making the music his characteristics, that trappy, that dark feel that you hear. That's 58. That's how I kind of created him. And he exists there. So when you hear that dark, trappy stuff, initially you think of that character. That's dope, dude. <laughs> Thank I you. love that. I, I'm, I don't know. Just listening to the music, I mean, especially because – it's uh it's instrumental beats mm -hmm. um i've really grown a liking to instrument like instrumental music over the last five six years like really yeah. heavy just because i i do feel like it kind of leaves you uh to create kind of your own narratives right. for certain things yeah. you know but i do um also love that the artist can really just create a world for you to slip into and yeah, and, yeah even cruising over here listening to, to pastime oh man which is is the the ep that i've i've dug into the most thank you is that one is it's probably my favorite collection of tunes that that you've put out thus thank far you. from what i've heard <laughs> and uh 
Yeah, just listening to that on the way here, it was just, it was just very easy for me to kind of, you know, slip into this world and, yeah. and into my own thoughts or whatever. Right. A big thing for me is like I love like I love instrumentals because they allow me to think. I just like hearing the different pieces of them. I don't think a lot of people can listen to beats, so I'm like super like thankful for the, for the people that can. But uh yeah, like uh, instrumentals to me are just kind of like an open canvas, you know what I mean? And it kind of like whenever I hear a beat start, I kind of like kind of envision an artist like painting as the song goes. And uh, pastime, those songs are all very old, but they're very sentimental. I'm a very <laughs> sentimental person. Those songs are each. I think every song on there is at least two, or at least three to four years old. Um, I ended up putting those out because people were like, I know it, like, put these songs out on all major streaming platforms. And I was like, I just didn't know how at the time. <laughs> but, like, I ended up doing that. And, um, you know, like, those, all those songs kind of blend really well together. Yeah. And I didn't mean for that to be the case. But, like, I was like, wow, I should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> That's dope yeah. that it happened that way, and that like, they all kind of fit. Right. And I even, like, to the name of them, they all kind of have a specific meaning as to why they got created or the feeling that they've invoked. Like, I love um, when I'm making a beat. I like, like, for instance, Three Moons, for example. Um, that one I made it, like, I kind of started at a certain time of day. I remember in the morning, I fell asleep, like, because I got off a graveyard. I made that beat. I started it with just the synth. Fell asleep, came back at like noon, <laughs> uh, created, added the drums to it. And then again, I added a like a, a little bridge or refrain at the end of the song. And I was just kind of thinking like that, like it sounded beautiful as you could just float through it as you're hearing it. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's very cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I've been, I've been digging the tunes and, um, uh, this this bewilderment track track that we're gonna get into uh momentarily was one that that stuck out to me and just <laughs> you know when everything kind of like drops out on the back end of the song and then and then the percussion comes oh in. yes so good thank dude. you very cool i love that i love that part of the song thank you man i made that one um just kind of thinking about what it felt like to be bewildered you know what i mean kind of like an open like the guitar comes in just kind of strumming in this kind of open vastness and i think i was just thinking about i was just sitting outside and i like to admire things i'm a very big like i like to go for walks i like to like just kind of enjoy like private time just being out like outside and that's just kind of what that feeling was i just i just kind of stayed outside and watched the sunset and i never did that just kind of wanting to do it yeah i just kind of sat and watched the sun go down and that's what that song's kind of about. Just kind of taking it all in. Very cool, man. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. This is off the uh, the Pastimes EP. This is Sir Nine. This is uh, Bewilderment. Bewilderment. <laughs>
All right, so I know you you were you were talking about your your love for you know like movie scores and mm-hmm. things like that and uh junior high kind of being exposed to like being able to play some of oh, those yeah. those songs from movies. Right. Was that do you think that played like a big influence oh, on sure. on your excitement for that type of stuff or or were you already like big into movies and stories before getting into that? <laughs> uh, I'd say kind of both, to be honest. Um, I'm also a really big into uh, animation, anime, and uh, cartoons, just kind of in general. And like, yeah, I love like theme songs. I love that like you associate that with that. Like Star Wars, I love Star Wars. And like when people hear Star Wars, like I think instantaneously, like the theme of Star Wars starts playing in your mind. Yeah. You know, like you associate that song with that. And I've always been one to like think about what if I could create something or a theme to something and you associate that visual medium, the story with the music kind of all like summed together. It's like a full experience. Yeah. Will you ever do some shit where you put like anime on mute and (laughs) you make beats? Yes. I actually have a song. (laughs) <laughs> inspired uh it's actually i have a song called satoshi khan um off of my uh ep foreshadow and satoshi khan is like one of my favorite favorite uh creators ever he created this uh anime called paranoia agent and it's very deep it's very thought-provoking it's about fear it's about you know just kind of understanding yourself as a human being and it uh the music in it is very eerie and very like pulsating and um yeah i i made a song i turned off the sound and i took some elements that i knew i felt like he would put in or like with what was congruent with what i heard before and added that and just kind of added my own spin and i made this like very creepy melodic song that like has a place in my heart because i'm sentimental (laughs) (laughs) that's killer yeah I i always like to uh it's fun for me to dive into like some of the anime stuff, especially when uh, talking about like hip hop cultures, oh, because yeah. they they seem to go hand in hand with a lot of people's like influences and whatnot. For and I've sure. like talked to a handful of MCs on here about like anime because it's something that for real it's not my favorite thing, and like <laughs> it's just never been something that's like resonated super heavy. Like get down on some cartoons and right. whatnot. But it has made me interested, and right. like, I will, I will, I will watch some anime every once in a while Listen. now, just because I wanna, I wanna understand further because I have so much respect for these people that are like telling right. me how much they love it and like how how big of deal it is to them and and their <laughs> their how it bleeds into their writing processes right. and their psyche and just it it all just seems to be about the stuff you were talking about with the the paranoid angel yeah. stuff is just that. You know, there there are so many layers to it. Oh, right, yeah. It's crazy. For real. It's For me, like, my love for anime kind of stemmed from, like, I think I kind of got exposed to it, like, real young. And, like, of course, with Dragon Ball Z, of course, like, the fighting and whatnot. But I didn't know. I think I stumbled across a Paranoia Agent on accident. Um, I have a big love for Adult Swim. And uh, what's funny is, like, that's where I first heard Jay Dilla. I didn't hear uh, Jay Dilla before that. I think the first song I, I actually I know the first song I ever heard of Jay Dilla was Waves, and it came on on a bump, uh, like way back when. And I was like, "This is the tightest song I ever heard. Who is this?" And then like I remember my brother being like, "Oh, that's you don't know who that is? That's Jay Dilla." And I like I, then I got donuts. I like downloaded it, all of that. But what's funny is about anime, 
Like sometimes uh, certain series will change their themes per season. I think that's like super dope. So you associate, like you know, for instance, if you're watching like Full Metal Alchemist or something, the first season that theme song is different from the second or the third, uh. and like it associates like different feelings for what you know you're about to see. That's killer. Watch, and like a lot of series do that, and like that's so tight to me. Even like the music that they have in in the show, like they have their specific sad songs that you like you would know if you heard anywhere else. You that's, know what I mean? That's dope. I like that. Yeah. Um, when you, I guess, did did you kind of start DJing as oh. a part of all of, like, <laughs> just starting to build beats and whatnot? Okay. So this is actually a, uh, I never thought about explaining this, but this is actually pretty funny because, like, um, I started DJing uh, with Bryce and Tom Younger. Shout out him. Like, as a way for for me anyway, to display my beats. Because I was like, how am I going to do a beat set? You know what I mean? I could just play it off of the computer. Right. But I wouldn't have that much control. You know right. what I mean? I wouldn't be able to do it much. And so my you mean dad- would be lame. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. And so like my dad was like, or uh, my dad was like, one, you should learn how to DJ. And I didn't really take him seriously. I, then I saw that Tom and uh, Bryce were buying DJ controllers. And I was like, I should do that because then I'll be able to, like, one, make changes in the, like, mid-thing, right? mid-performance, and, you know, slow stuff down. Like, it'll be an experience. And right. I can, I'll be, I know my music, you know what I mean? When I see it come up, I can make those changes and blends. And I started to, uh, it'll be a different element I can add to my music as well. You can manipulate things differently and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of came out of more necessity out of that. Right. Um aside from that are is most of the djing you're doing is just kind of firing tracks for other mcs yeah as far as like the thing is i like djing (laughs) i like doing uh you know parties and whatnot but the thing is like i like to dance i like to experience that stuff so like for me like i've dj'd house parties and i've dj'd some events but like for the most part i like i like uh djing for mcs being kind of their hype man yeah because that experience is just fun in general um, it was it was nerve wracking at first because the first time I ever did it, I did it for Maze at I think Arist's one year anniversary, <laughs> and like I was like, he was like, oh, you know, I don't have a DJ, and I know, can you do this for me? And I remember being like, duh, duh, duh. he's like, well, you like I couldn't really say no because I had all the equipment, I had yeah, the know how, right? And he was like, yeah, all I need you to do is just fire off the tracks fire for me, tracks, and you know, just hype me up. And yeah. I was like, for sure, for sure. And, like, once we did it, I was like, oh, this is the funnest thing ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I was kind of hooked from there. But you were also here or even here and there now, you, you are like, you will do, like, a DJ set where you're, it's more of, like, a playlist yeah. that you have compiled. <laughs> Obviously, like, right. you're doing all the transitions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just curious. Oh, I've kind sure. of, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that <laughs> I am a, I am a DJ <laughs> because this is all very new to me, but I've been. I've been messing around with that world a little bit. Oh, I, bought, yeah. I bought one of those controllers yeah. last year and just kind of, I kind of got it as like a hobby mm-hmm. a little bit. I just kind of wanted to mess around with it. Right. And uh, I had a conversation with this dude, Andre Power on here yeah. a long time ago. And, and he's, uh, he's kind of like blown up in <laughs> DJing Coachella and right. shit the last couple of years. And it's been uh, kind of crazy, but I just kind of remember him telling me on here when I was talking to him about it, about why he got into it. And he was just like, 
I wanted to hear what I wanted to hear when I went to these events right. and stuff. And it's like, yeah, man, me too. Sometimes, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sometimes I'm just like, I really wish they were playing this song right now. But exactly. Yeah, I've just been kind of messing around with that world and just learning, you know, just simple manipulations and mm. and and just the beat matching and and blending different songs together and right. whatnot. And I've only done like one public set. It was one of like the most fun nights of my life. Right. It's I, it's so <laughs> fun. It's for me like even when I'm doing like even when it's like I'm DJing a rapper set. Like what I find most fun about is the interaction with the people. You know what I mean? So like, like, and even practicing like me or Matt or like me or uh, Max will even like what I'll end up doing with the performer is like we'll go in and we'll rehearse and we'll be like, what do you want to do here? You know what I mean? Yeah. You want me to say something? Do you want me to do this or that? And like, we, it becomes part of the show. Right. You know what I mean? And um, I remember uh, Daylons. He wanted me to hear. He wanted me to play swag surf <laughs> in the middle of his set just to like get people hyped. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I love doing. I love like the excitement of that. For sure, man. It's so fun. No, I dig that. And uh I I fired tracks for, for Max like last week. Yeah. He didn't have a DJ here and he was performing. And uh he was just like, Yo, is there is there a house DJ? I was like, No, there isn't, but you know, I have the controller. Yeah. I can hit play for you yeah. or whatever, you know, not yeah. doing anything crazy over here. So uh, but it was funny. I, I told him I could do that and kind of had that same experience after of just being like, what did, what did I agree to right, <laughs> right. now? Am I going to fuck this dude's setup? And it's <laughs> like, no, you know how the software works. You right. know how the controller works. Exactly. It's nothing you haven't done before. Right. And uh, But I was thinking that, yeah, it would be way more fun if you had you know some actual rehearsals with these people right. so that you can because – yeah, I do know how to put a drop in here or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you want to fade these songs into right. each other so we can just keep this set moving? Or yeah. do you want, like, the dead space or, or whatever, you know, jumping in on the mic or, or whatever? It would be right. fun to develop those types of things to, like, right. turn it into an actual show and whatnot. Right. It was funny because, like, um, I did a Doug first set uh, with uh, one young Micah. And it was funny because I didn't know that he'd have a drummer with him for his set. And I was like, oh, snap. You know what I mean? Oh, I got to make shit. sure these line up. <laughs> and what's funny is, like, I already knew what to do. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, let me take the lows out so that the drummer can hear what he needs to play rather than me just having it up all the way. And I was adjusting per. And I was like, oh, this went way smoother than I thought it was going to go. You know what you're you know? doing. <laughs> right. And it was fun. Uh, I got to play. Oh, yeah. And like you said, like, playing a bunch of tracks that either, like, you want to hear or that like, haven't been played in the club. That's what I did. I just started playing tracks that I just yeah man knew what it, like because Doug Fur has a great sound system right. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna play hella stuff with a lot of bass just to do yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely, and it went up, man. But it's just fun too to you know see what you can throw at people that maybe is you know maybe a deep cut off of something. <laughs> that you're like, oh, I've been waiting to to bring this out for so long, exactly. and maybe like one person comes up to you, you're like. Yeah, it's like yeah, right. You, you know this song exactly. <laughs> you know what this is about. <laughs> um, when you're composing beats, mm -hmm. is it usually for your own material, or do you have? Are is there sometimes where you're making beats for a specific MC? Oh, all the time, all the time. Um, what's funny is like I didn't before. Uh, oh yeah, I got to shout out uh, Jason Undefined. Yeah. Uh, Bryce's brother, um, 
he was the first person to want to rap on my beats. And like, because before, like when I first started, I remember thinking like, are my beats rappable? Can people rap on these? And like, I just kind of was like, I kind of discouraged myself. And like, I was like, man, no one wants to rap on these. I'm just going to keep these, you know, just as instrumentals. And I remember him coming up to me when I got back out of the army. He was like, I want you to make beats for me. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, no, I really love them. And so then, like, from there on, like, I started, like, reaching out to artists. I started to, like, think, like, okay, you know, like, what would they think of this beat? Like, what would they, what would they do with this? And then, like, I, that's when I started realizing, like, oh, I can collaborate with people if I make beats or arrange them a certain kind of way, too. Yeah. You know? And, like, that, that became, like, song structure. I, that's how I kind of learned it. Like, you know, an eight bar here. You know, maybe four bars for the chorus, eight bars again, you know, and then learning how like songs can be composed in that structure as well. So, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, like I was just kind of curious yeah. if you were um, like when you like, is, is there a different mentality to maybe creating something that, you know, is just going to be an instrumental. Oh, yeah. Opposed to something that. Yeah. There someone's going to rap on. With, and, and I guess you kind of answer that question by yeah. by talking about, you know, implementing some of those structures and right. whatnot. Are you kind of not as worried about a structure when right. you know you're just making something that's going to be an instrumental? Yeah. Um, for instance, like uh, I like to make a, I've been making a lot of R&B lately. Uh, and like I've learned that like the human voice is an instrument. Right. So like. I've been making like these chords and like sometimes I'll be like, oh, do I want to give this to somebody or should I just keep it as an instrumental? Like I'll use uh, th Three Moons as a good example. Um, I wanted to add like this, this, there's this high synth in there and it kind of overpowers most of the song. And I was like, do I want to add this or could I keep, because if I take it out, that leaves room for the artist to go in and sing as, like, an, as open as they want to be on it. But if I have that synth there, then that kind of limits them. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, it, it does influence, uh, like when I'm depending on who I'm working with and what they want to do, I can like adjust it from there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That, like that Jason was one of the first people yeah, to man. reach out. Cause I feel like his unconventional style is like a cool match for what you oh, do. Oh man. Yeah. He, like I, he, he's such a good rapper. Um, one of the first songs uh, we ever made together is out everywhere, uh, Golden Hour. And it's funny because I made that one um, for him specifically. And I, but I also didn't think he would like it, but he ended up loving it. <laughs> and I, he was like, yeah, man, like we could we could record this. And when it, uh, when we finally got it recorded, it was like an emotional moment because that was the first song like, you know, we made together. You know, that's like him like. You know, he has uh, Maddie singing on yeah, it. Yeah, I actually featured that song on this podcast, yeah. like, uh, I don't know, a like maybe a couple months back, I, I had my buddy Merck on to talk about b-boy culture, and I was just featuring some different yeah. music throughout the episode, and yeah, man, that's that's a great track. Yeah, that part, that made me, like, emotional, because I was like, I have someone singing on my song. Maddie is yeah. beautiful oh voice, gosh, too. She, for real, She for crushes real. shit like that, Whew. dude. Yeah, I was like, it was funny because I was there for the recording process and everything, and like I just remember thinking to myself, like, this is actually happening. This is <laughs> this is this is going down. <laughs> um, do you think your desire to like continue to learn more instruments and stuff like that is kind of purely out of just wanting to 
be able to have more resources for sampling things and, and composing? Uh, yes and no. Like, like for instance, I wanted to learn the bass uh, because, well, one, it's just like a cool-ass instrument. And yeah, you can tell people, oh, yeah, I play the bass. But it's also like I like learning characteristics of instruments too, like where a bass would be, you know what I mean? Or like where, like, for instance, I'm also – like I, it's probably way too expensive for me, but I want to learn how to play the violin. I don't know if I have the patience for it, but like I love string sections in songs, and so like I like learning characteristics of string sections. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that you're not actually just putting know, it in. There. You're not just placing it wherever, right? Exactly. Like, oh, this actually makes sense. I'm not just throwing this bass line here, but right? Yeah, that's exactly it. I love, I love, and even even then, maybe even creating my own way of in in like putting that instrument in, you know. And so, like, I like learning the characteristics of an instrument. Like, oh, people play bass like this. Bass can also be a percussionary instrument. Yeah, know? man. Exactly. <laughs> see, it seems it seems to me that you do a lot of the stuff you do with like a lot of intention. Yes. Where Where do you think that comes from? I think that comes from my father. <laughs> yeah. Because like, uh, he he's probably <laughs> been my like biggest supporter of my music. Like, he is a musician at heart. Like. He and but I also what I love about my dad is like he wants me to learn on my own. You know what I mean? He wanted me. He didn't want to have that much of an influence on what I made. Like he could have been like, oh, you know, you're my son. Let me put you on. Let me just introduce you to all these people. No, he wanted me to like, you know, graft on my own and learn as much as I can, you know, on my own. And like I really respect that. Like my dad's just and he's also one of those people. He's not going to just like a song of mine. Because I'm his son, you know what I mean. He's gonna really listen to it and be like, "Oh, this is pretty good." Um, I made a song uh, called uh, "Beverly Hills Cop," <laughs> and I pretty much implemented. It's an old song. I'm. Uh, it's on my SoundCloud. I implemented a bunch of like what I considered like '80s themes. Like since since are my favorite instrument or yeah. sound. Like that's I'm synth heavy. <laughs> People get on my head about it a lot, but I just I'm sorry. I just love them. Um, I implemented like since and just what I knew from that genre or what that time was, and I I made a a song that I would put in Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> That's cool though that your your dad had like the wherewithal to have that approach with you. I think mm -hmm. on it because yeah. I think that's probably a uh, an interesting position to be in as yeah. a parent because you want to like you want to help, right? But also, I think to you know let you kind of figure it out on your own and right. not not necessarily give you all these connections. I will say though, <laughs> Dan, he has given me a bunch of equipment. Well, <laughs> but that's you know yeah. that's 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 awesome. He's like yeah. helping you out with the the tools. Right. He's to, giving me this preamp. He got. I got. Shout out, Dad. If he's probably gonna listen to this, I have his preamp and I have like two monitors. He's giving me, and they're they're old stuff. But I love. I love. I'm not one of those people who like need the newest thing. I'm like one of those people who like if I can make it work, I'll use it. You know what I mean? Because I don't feel like necessarily the quality makes something better. I think if you know how to do what you know how to do, if it sounds good, then that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, I think you see that a lot, even you know with with bands and their equipment you know sometimes you see somebody roll in with a, a questionable guitar and you're just like really dude? that's <laughs> that's the that's the one you're bringing for the show right and then they shred right and, and they like, oh, also damn. you know like made a bunch of modifications to it to yeah. make it into you know a very good sounding instrument and right you're just like oh i didn't know 
I didn't know all that happened. Exactly. And I think that also kind of ties into my sentimentality too. Like I like that people have things that they kind of, you know, call their own when it comes to like music or for instance, that FL program, <laughs> I still have it. I couldn't bring myself to get rid of it because, <laughs> couldn't of, delete it. <laughs> because of how much it just meant to me because of all those beats I've made, like Pink Skies off of uh, Pastime was made off FL. Yeah. No, I dig, I dig that too. Like all that <laughs> resin. I think that's, I don't know, maybe that's why I attach myself to the music or dig it. Like I'm also a very like sentimental person, but yeah, man, I, I, I dig it all. I appreciate like it, just getting to hang out and get to know the person behind the music and whatnot. Cause, right, yeah, you. it all it all resonates and like I was saying about your dad, like that's that's so cool that too that he didn't like like push it too hard on right. you too. Because I think that's probably like an instinct to have. It's just like, well, he's into the music. And right. I obviously am into music, so let me like <laughs> force it down. Oh, I gotta. <laughs> I wouldn't be fair to like talk about my dad without talking about my mom. So I remember <laughs> I wanted her to like help me get into like the music theory class. You know what she did? She bought me a piano for dummies book. <laughs> I said, when I win a Grammy, I'm gonna throw this at the stage and, not, yeah, and just walk off. And no, but my mom loves my music too. Like she, <laughs> she has to pay for most of it. <laughs> but nah, it was just funny because like. I just remember, like, I would just kind of bother her more about it because I'd be at her house, like, at, like, 3 a.m. playing, like, beats, like, at as loud as I could. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, it's always dope when you have uh, supportive parents for these mm -hmm. these types of things because there's, there's no, like, blueprint right. to doing it. And obviously, mm -hmm. you, you, your dad knows that. And, right. Um, but I think that's, that's ultimately... Uh, pretty amazing to kind of have that environment to create in where where people are you know encouraging you to do right. so and, and encouraging you to to get better which seems like you not only have with your parents but your friends right. within the community as well right and one thing i think i've learned is that like art well just i've learned and i, I just know to be true art is a personable thing like it's one of those things that it's it's hard to share, you know, especially if you care about it a lot. And, like, it can be super scary to perform or just put music out because then once you put it out, it belongs to, you know, the world. And, like, you don't really – you can't control what people think of it. You can't yeah. control, like, what people are going to say about it. Like, say you put out a song that you think is, like, the best song in the world, but somebody out there hates it or two or three people out there hate it. And you're like, damn. Yeah. Somebody hates my song. Shit. I didn't even mean to, you know, do all that. But, like, you know – at least they listen to it. <laughs> For sure. You know what I mean? But it is vulnerable to yeah. do. And, uh, yeah, I've talked to a lot of different songwriters and, you know, producers over the time of doing this. And, you know, a lot of them have kind of had that attitude that once they put it out, that it's almost like no longer theirs. Right. You know, they've, they've put it out for it to yeah to connect with people or not, you know, and let it, let them <laughs> determine what it is mm -hmm. to, to each individual or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's funny because like I've, I'm sure, uh, you've heard swim. Like I've recently got into putting words to my music and it's scary as hell to be honest. Like, um, because one, like I'm, I'm still a little insecure about my voice. You know, I'm still learning how to sing and yeah. teaching myself like, 
you can't, I mean, my mom <laughs> to this day, like, you can't teach yourself how to sing either you're talented or you're just not. Just don't do it. <laughs> I'm like, I could carry a note, though. You know what I mean? I know the notes I'm playing, so. And you I, know how to manipulate sound. Right, exactly. And so, like, I'm creating, you know, the vocals I want to hear. And, like, it's it's very, it's more therapeutic to even, like, hear my voice on her. I'm opening up because um, that's what I'm trying to do now. Like, I have another character Op, not necessarily opposite of 58 uh, that I'm calling 64 and he has his own aesthetic if you've seen 58 you know like he has like red and black and kind of a dimmer tone um, 64 kind of operates in kind of a more gloomy or blue color and he has his own face he has his own style and he's way more vocal than I think 58 is because he's a sad boy yes 64 is a sad boy yes if I yes in a, yes <laughs> generally, generally speaking, yeah, he's a sad boy. And so I'm using 64 to kind of open up, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, share that side of vulnerability. And, like, what his main theme is, if 58 is rage and, you know, pain, and 64 is honesty and vulnerability. So, yeah. I love that, man. I love just, like, all the different the characters you're exploring and how you're doing that through the music, I think. Is very cool. That is uh, Swim from the '64 yes. collection. Then, cool. yes, it is because we're gonna play it out with Swim, and this is yeah, this is one of the tracks that that definitely uh, grabbed me right away. I, I knew I wanted to include this one as uh, one of the tracks that we used in this episode. Um, but before we close it out, I was just uh, you know you mentioned the army stuff. I was right. just curious curious how that how that like. That ex experience informs like your day to day now. Oh yeah, the thing is, uh, the army. I have kind of a hate and love relationship with it. Like the thing is, it definitely pushed me to be the person I am now. Um, it's like I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's it was definitely an experience that I'll have forever. I have people that I love and met there. Like what I was doing in the army, I was a behavioral health specialist. So what I did was I saw soldiers coming back from Iraq and pretty much checked on their mental state and, you know, either signed them off for duty or made it so that they, you know, were fit to go to duty or, like, say if they weren't, made sure that they stayed home. And it was a very fulfilling job, but it also kind of weighed on me because, Heavy. you know, like, I dealt with people who were, like, thinking of thoughts of suicide. You know, I, you know, helped people with anger management. And, like, it was... One of those things where you learn how like the world treats soldiers and how the army treats soldiers and how veterans are treated and like you know when i got out it wasn't i ended up hurting my knee that's how i got out and i kind of felt like i lost my purpose for a minute i felt like i didn't know what i wanted to do and music you know helped me find that again and like you know i was able to express my anger in 58 my vulnerability in 64 and like i'm here you know yeah. But, you know, I always reflect back on it and, you know, it's it's nice. I'm happy to be here. You know? Yeah, man. I was I was just, yeah, I guess you, you kind of answered it within that. But I was just curious if, you know, that experience informs some of those characters oh, you're yeah. creating and some of that experience. For and sure. <laughs> well, this has been very fucking cool, man. I, I, I'm really glad that we got to, to hang out and, and, and chat it up. I've enjoyed this conversation quite a bit and... uh just getting to hear where you come from and, and all your experiences and, yeah, and just uh like i said your intent for what you're doing is uh is i think the biggest takeaway i i will have from from this conversation and, and what i will kind of 
bring forth uh, when I when I listen to your music in the future or see you perform because that that's that's one thing I've been talking about a little bit is is you know every time I have like one of this con- this conversation with you or, or or whomever on on the podcast I think it just changes the way I will listen to your music now right. you oh, know because wow. I listen to it yeah. you know a lot before having this conversation so I was kind of informed so yeah. it informs the conversation or whatever but you know now I know the face behind the music <laughs> right. so now I listen to it differently or yeah. when I see you perform I will like oh that's sir man like yeah. sir sir's <laughs> awesome and and yeah yeah man it's, it's funny shit. because when I came back from the military I was when I uh, came back, I was fans of people already. Like I was fans of Matt Randall. I was fans of Maze Corona, but I didn't know who they were. And when I came back to meet these people, I'm like, these these guys are incredible. You know, I'm like now I'm a fan of them not only as like them as rappers or as musicians. I'm a fan of these people as people. You know, and like being able to connect with people through music is like the best feeling in the world. Likewise, man. I mean, yeah. I'm. That's that's why I always love hanging out with Matt because I love his music and oh, I man. love just talking to him when you know getting into deep conversations with him or or whatever. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's always great when you when you fall from music mm-hmm. and then you get to know the person that creates it and you get to know that they're like somebody that you dig and is right. a cool person. Right. I think that has all the more meaning to it. Right, and like I'm. Honored to be his DJ because, like, I listened to all of Matt's stuff before, like, I knew who he was. And then, like, when I got in, I realized, like, he was friends with Bryce. And so he would just come over to the house, kick it. You know, whenever I saw him, it was always love. And then when he asked me, he's like, oh, I know, can you mind DJing for me? I was like, this is fucking great. Hell yeah, I'm DJing for Matt. <laughs> well, it's also dope because he's another Portland born and raised. Right. You know? you know, North Portland, man. And, like, I have, like, I'll tell him, like, I'm like, man, this is my favorite song. He'd be like, oh, for Oh, word, you know, like, <laughs> bro, he's just a good person. Hell so, yeah, man. yeah, man, I I love making that connection with people. And, like, it's been that, you know, this whole year, just connecting with more artists that, like, I've never met and now know, you know. Absolutely, man. Well, it's a pleasure to connect with you. And, it's a pleasure uh, to connect with you too, man. I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people know where to find you and whatnot, follow you on the, the Instagram and catch up on any uh, future shows that you might go- have going on. I know you said you're at Future Shock this Saturday, the, oh. the 22nd. No, we're at, uh, not at Future Shock. At, uh, this is a beat happening, which is normally at Future Shock. Okay. This one, I have the address. It's all <laughs> I right. I forgot it, but it's uh, for, it's uh, Forward Frequencies on Saturday. I don't have the address. Follow this man on Instagram. And I'm sure he will uh, yes. provide you with the information. I will have it. I promise. Um, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, it's a program. It's a program. You nailed it. No instruction <laughs> needed. He just did it. He just, you can sample that. I will. You can sample that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, man, thank you for the hang. Thank I appreciate you. it. We're, uh, we're going to play it out with, uh, with Swim, which is a track we talked about. Just a few moments ago, off the the sixty four collection, the sad boy. <laughs> I'm I'm stoked to hear what this this sixty four collection of tunes. Want to hear about. a funny story? I didn't even mean to call it that. I didn't even mean for it to be swim. Say what you mean, just kind of fit and like oh, the so why. You, yeah, I was like, oh my god, I'm a genius. That's cool, man. Because like when I read it, I, I saw the swim thing obviously first, and then I saw the parentheses, and I was like, oh, that's. That is really dope. <laughs> so that's cool that you had like the say what you mean 
and then found that, yeah. that it can be used as like the swim acronym. My homie uh, Jano hit me up on Instagram calling the song that, and I was like, oh shit. Oh yeah, I did. that's what I did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Shout out Jano. Cool, man. Well, this is it. That's the Jelly Jams, everybody. We're going to play it out with uh, Swim, which you can find on uh, all the streaming platforms, along with tons of other music from Sir Nye. And uh, yeah, give him a follow. Follow him up. Check out the tunes. Come catch a live show if he's DJing for uh, a local MC or doing a beat set himself. And uh, that is the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. It's a program.